You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Broken records, the albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records, the music our guests can't live without. Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bet, Betty, Audra, Bernadette. We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get Patty Welcome to Ben Rimmel Howard's. Don't you fucking put that on the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Ben Rimmel Howard's Broken Records on Broadway World. I'm Ben Rimmel Howard, and I'm here with my co-host, Daniel Nolan. Lovely co-host. Oh, sorry. Hey, y'all. Today's guest is Tony Award-winning Broadway and TV star Laura Benanti, here to chat with us about Tori Amos's Little Earthquakes and My Fair Lady. I think I wrote that wrong. It sounds like Tori Amos has an album called My Fair Lady. (laughs) You live long enough, kids. Anyway, Laura be double-dipping with those two albums. We would like to double-dip Laura Benanti. Is that a thing? I didn't think that was a thing. Why are you laughing? Just read your line. Absolutely. She's fierce. Thank you for reading that line without complaint. I got you, girl. Well, we just love Laura Benanti. Since her Broadway debut as Rebecca Luker's understudy and then replacement in The Sound of Music when she was fresh out of high school, she's been electrifying audiences and critics and become one of the brightest, bold-faced names in New York. She was nominated for Tonys for her star turns in She Loves Me, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, Into the Woods, Swing, and Gypsy. For which she won, playing the title role opposite Patti LuPone's legendary roast. But this isn't about Patti. For once. (laughs) I'm obsessed with Laura because I think she's the only musical theater soprano who's got that diva edge. Mm. Did you see her as the Baroness in the TV version of Sound of Music Live with Carrie Underwood? Yes, I did. It was like Vivian Lee. Absolutely. First of all, she's so beautiful, right? Gorgeous. But better than that, bitch can arch an eyebrow, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And also just the dresses did it. But but it's the attitude. I mean, to me, Laura has... She walks in and she owns the fucking She has room. so much X factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of what made her... Um, she Loves Me and, mm-hmm. and her My Fair Lady so um, almost surprisingly incredible. Not mm-hmm. that I didn't think she was going to be incredible, but she really has that musical comedy like sparkle mm-hmm. that just galvanizes the scenes. I mean, it... I. I buy her as Patty's daughter right. because even though she has such a different singing voice than Patty, she walks onto the stage and she just kind of commands, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and I live for that. And she's very, you know, it's very, uh, you know, Streisandy. Mm-hmm. Like she has that equal mix of like uh, spark and, and power, but also vulnerability. And, you know, yeah. one minute she's singing, let me entertain you as a striptease. And then she's singing, you know, will he like me? And she loves me and you're crying. So, uh, truly a star, and the thing I will say about the um, Sound of Music Live oh, is to that, that um, she got the receipts. It was so crazy because I remember after you know that was the first of the big TV live musicals, and everyone uh, couldn't stop talking about Laura Benanti, and they were talking about how she really overshadowed you know others, my, my girl Carrie, <laughs> whom I love. Uh, but it was it was interesting because Laura. At the end of that, I was like, oh, I wanted the captain to end up with the Baroness. You yeah, know? I know, right? How crazy. I know. So anyway, but... In fairness, I just want to say, for anyone listening who remembers the Rebecca Luca revival of The Sound of Music, mm-hmm. and then subsequently 
the Lord, but Anthony Revival, The Sound of Music. Um, I didn't see that production with either one of them, sad to say, but I have it on good authority that Jan Maxwell, as the Baroness, would, uh, would have had similar uh, charismatic effect on the mm-hmm, audience, mm-hmm, the late, mm-hmm. great Jan Maxwell. But anyway, continue. Anyway, please go on. But uh, uh, Benanti's wonderful. Um, I actually think one of the, the first things I... Actually, it might have been the first thing. I think it was Before She Loves Me. I saw her in the City Center production of Most Happy Fella. Oh, I wish I had seen that. Was she My Heart Is So Full of You? Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, And it was wonderful. Um, Her and J. Armstrong Johnson. Oh, yes. We've discussed this production before. (laughs) J. Armstrong Johnson is what you call your... um, (laughs) (laughs) Um... Anyway, so that was my first introduction to Laura and uh and her Rosabud. And <laughs> Rosabella, Rosabella, that's her name. And uh after that of course I, I heard her so full. My heart was so full of her and then yeah. of course, you know, I let her entertain me and Oh, you let's know, see. She, she became my uh, little lamb. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I saw Gypsy on Broadway. Well, we'll get into all this with Laura. Mm. Um well, let's talk about Tori Amos because okay. I'm curious what someone of your generation has to say <laughs> about Goneration. <laughs> Excuse me. I, uh, about, about Miss Amos. You know, Tori Amos, I, uh, don't, I, I kind of dove in with, uh, our Michael Jackson interview, Michael R. Jackson, and, <laughs> like, um, Mike, is that like R. Corey Hay, the publicist? What? <laughs> There's a publicist named R. Period. Corey Hay. Oh. <laughs> that is like R. That's Michael. funny. You mean like our Michael R. Jackson. Yeah, our there. Michael yeah. R. Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I, I I dove in on Under the Pink, and then, of course, Little Earthquakes. And you I dove know, in Under the Pink. Honey. To your rosebud. <laughs> to my J. Armstrong Johnson. <laughs> but, and those aren't even, like, the most uh, celebrated Tory albums, I don't think. But I... Well, they're very celebrated. I mean, they're the big ones from the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did she do after First that? First and second. Was uh, Songs from the Choir Girl Hotel. So, Boys for Pele. Boys for, Boys for Pele. Songs from the Choir Girl Hotel. I mean, those came right after that, and they were really huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, I don't know, the Tory fans are rabid. It's like Darren I, I Chris or Mayor I, Pete. Like, stop. you know, they like, they, um, like, I ask a Tory fan, like, their favorite Tory album. Like, it happened with Michael Jackson, too. He's like, mm-hmm. I said that was my most influential. I didn't say it was my favorite. He's, you know, they, they really, because, yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah. the albums are, I think it's funny to, like, a non Tory fan because you'll be like, oh, they all sound like Tory Amos. Mm-hmm. But, like, to a Tory fan, which I have have been one for many years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They each one is like so different. Like yeah. you know, it might as well be like you know, Gypsy and Sweeney Todd. Right, right. What could we <laughs> call to Tory name, fans? To name two random examples of an artist's work. <laughs> the artist being Stephen Sondheim. Uh, right, there is Stephen Sondheim. What could what would we call Tory fans? Like you know, Gaga fans are like the Little Monsters. Uh, Joan Rivers called her Joan Rangers. What would be Tory? Like, I, well, I feel like they already have a name. You know? What is it? I don't know. I don't want to, like, culturally appropriate, uh, appropriate the Tory Amos. <laughs> um, it'd be like the Tories, the... Well, I, I went out with this guy Tory. when I was in college um, uh, at, named Jared. Went out or, like, like, went out in quotes or, like... No, no, we dated for a little bit. Uh-huh. I mean... We dated for, like, a couple of months. It was actually, like, my longest relationship to date. <laughs> but, I mean, to this date. But, um... Uh, but, uh, anyway, he, uh, was obsessed with Tori. And mm-hmm. he used to play me... He, later on, became a very successful drag queen in San Francisco named oh. Suppository Spelling. Oh, that's... Um, I've heard of... Yeah, she's, her. like, a big deal. Yeah. Like, tranny shack and all that. And, um... Uh... But, uh... 
and it's still obsessed with Tori. But I remember Jared playing for me, uh, like bootlegs of Tori singing. I want to say Evergreen. Like, at, like, weddings, like, when she was, like... The Academy Award-winning Barbara Streisand number? Yes. Uh, um, anyway. So, yeah, so, uh, but, and because Tori is the voice. I mean, that we get into that, I guess, a little bit with Laura, but it's, like, I think part of what you often find, like, someone like our friend Brian Nash, who's a brilliant musical director um, mm-hmm. and composer and lyricist, and... Um, he is obsessed with Tori Amos. He's even right. done a solo show where he does the whole album of Boys for Pele, uh, just himself. Anyway, but uh, Brian uh, studied voice and, you know, uh, opera and stuff in college and has oh, an amazing that. singing voice. And, you know, he clearly is someone who gravitated to Tori, uh, well, obviously for her piano, but also for the singing. And I think you find a lot of yeah. musical theater people. And I remember in high school, like, my same friends that I would obsess about Patti Lapone and Andrew Lloyd Webber with were the ones that got me into Tori Amos, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Shout out to Jamie Stern, miss you, girl. Shout out. Um, yeah, Tori, the thing that I that struck me was her voice, because it is so, like... Um, I don't think of who I would compare her to these days. You mean in musical theater? Um, no, just like a, like a contemporary singer, almost like like I want to say like a female Ben Folds. Like it's very like piano based, like almost mm. a little music theatery. Um, in like the structure of the songs, or like I don't know, but the voice is very. Uh, it seems very healthy. You very know, healthy. She, she is not afraid to mix in the head yeah, tones. Mix, yeah. But she will go for a full belt when mm-hmm. she wants it. A full yell. Really and, yell. Yeah, yeah, I like a yell. You know that mm-hmm. about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I will yelp review a yell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I won't give you hell for a yell. No, girl. Um, I won't tell you not to yell. If <laughs> <laughs> you yell, duh, I fell. Yeah, come out of my shell. Thank you. Oh, no, enough about that. <laughs> Your Armstrong Johnson doesn't belong in this conversation. Um, um, well, let's talk about My Fair Lady. So, yes, let's do that. Just real quick, because something about My Fair Lady that I think um, is important is the journey. It's like a hero's journey that Eliza takes, you know? Mm, please continue. For instance, you know, she starts out on the streets. She's, you know, selling, you know, flowers for a shekel. Please tell the listener about my air quotes on flowers. Yeah, selling her, quote, flowers, her rosebud. I mean, has there ever been a production where she's just, like, a flat-out hooker? Um, Not to my knowledge. (laughs) Not yet. Um, I mean, like, Sweet Charity, like, Taxi Dancer, everybody knows that's, like, a euphemism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why are we we so quick to say Tottenham Court Road is all... You know, that's PG what I call 13. it. <laughs> None of my Tottenham Court roads, sir. It's the same thing with breakfast. Speaking of Audrey Hepburn vehicles, yeah. it's the same thing with uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know. Well, people do say that about Breakfast at Tiffany's, right? Right, but it's like very euphemistic. It's like. But, um, like, am I the first person to ever say that about My Fair Lady? No, no, I don't think so. Well, I would like you to find some. <laughs> some. I'll get our intern on that. Um, who would your ideal intern for us be? Like, if you could choose any. Corsman or well, my first thought actor. is just J. Armstrong Johnson. Sure, but he's a little overqualified. Who's like like a dumb twink? I'm allowed to answer this. Yes, the listeners are dying to know. If you're listening, dumb twink, um, I don't even know this guy, so I'm yeah. guessing it because I think he's 
so cute. Uh-huh. But the guy that played Shay and Evita at City Center. Oh, the guy that we saw at the Ice Palace? Oh, right, yeah. What's his name? <laughs> what is his name? I'm sure I can't remember. That's interesting, though. He'd be a good intern. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he has a good work ethic. He seems very energetic. That, that's true. He does seem energetic. But I don't know. And a lot of energy might scare me. I might need somebody more chill. Like, what if we just, like, had yeah. Pixie? And I'd just be like, Pixie, can you look that up? And he'd just be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although Pixie is a research queen, you know. Yeah, so. but, like, that's, like, for, for their own projects. Anyway. Cesar. Cesar. Uh, anyway, I don't know what we are talking about. My Our ideal lady. intern. Oh, breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, oh, by the way, intern's not a euphemism. Oh, right. Well, of course. No, I just no. wanted them to be attractive. Right, right. For but, my aesthetic pleasure. Right, but no, we are we are um, a safe work environment. Yes, we are. <laughs> we practice, um, what is it, uh, not sexual harassment? <laughs> yes, we practice not sexual harassment. It's in our mission statement. Yeah, it's in our mission statement. Uh, we should add that theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Broken records. The album you wouldn't shut up about. <laughs> Broken records. We won't sexually harass your ass. <laughs> Lance Horn, if you could brush that up a bit. <laughs> then we list, like, famous sexual harassers. Yeah, Har- like Harvey Weinstein, Bill Donald Cosby. Donald Trump! <laughs> Bill Cosby. All and- those pigs who grabbed your rump. <laughs> we broadcast this podcast. Oh, who's our dream sexual harassment oh, guest? Um, with hopes that we someday might get Kevin Woody Spacey. Allen. <laughs> oh, okay. Woody Allen's better than Kevin Spacey. This is terrible. We're going to get terrible. kicked off the broadcast. So- Oh, we have an announcement. This oh, is probably yeah. going to be out there. We're going to be joining the Broadway Podcast Network. Yes, BPN, baby. So that's right. Someday when the advertisement bucks start rolling in, we'll not only be splitting them with Broadway World, but also with the Broadway Podcast Network. Yes. And if you're anyone's listening and you have connections to, what are like the top three products we want to get advertising well, from? Well, Gerald Steiner. Gerald Steiner. All the way. Dickinson's Wipes. <laughs> And Listen the, to our Santino and those calm, more. those calm oh, lavender, lavender pills, pills that we my like. Everything I eat them like Flintstone vitamins. But Flintstone vitamins don't give you those interesting burps. <laughs> lavender burps, baby. <gasps> and she was like, "I want a snack. I want to watch a song." <laughs> And Sounds my, like me. I know. I was like, same. <laughs> and then we just like ate Madeline's. And Aww. then she came back into bed with us. But I never sleep well when she sleeps in bed with yeah, us. Because she's yeah. just like, I cannot believe how much she just rolls around. It's crazy yeah, to me. Yeah. She's three? Two. Two. Yeah, she's two and a half. She seems very... She's mature. mature yeah. yeah, she's in the threes program at school. Oh wow! Because oh. they went, she would they so they like you have to basically like audition for preschool, which is insane. insane. And we were in the twos, and Ella turns to the woman. She goes, "Excuse me, are they babies?" <laughs> <laughs> the woman was like, "Do you want to go upstairs?" And then she just are was like, babies? "Excuse me, are they babies?" <laughs> That's and they were older than her yeah. at that point. That's so fascinating to me. Kids who like. You know, a lot of kids have, like, their baby dolls, and they push mm-hmm. their strollers, and mm-hmm. they don't see themselves as babies, no. you know? No. I remember that when I was a kid, too. It's like, I was yeah. so fascinated by babies when I was, like, you know, three. Totally. 
But she doesn't see herself as a baby because I've had to say lately, like, Ella, I am the mommy. (laughs) And you are the kid. Like, you can't talk to me like that. And she's like, you can't talk to me like that. (laughs) Wow. She's so sassy. (laughs) What's her um, zodiac sign? She is an Aquarius, but she's not an Aquarius at all. (laughs) She's the least Aquarius Aquarius I've ever met. She like she seems honestly more like a more like a Virgo, maybe even a Scorpio. Wow, oh, Scorp. Maybe that's her um rising. Her rising. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did you do her whole chart? I should. I need to do it. Yeah. What right. are you? I'm Cancer. Oh, but everything's wow. Cancer, and I. It's, I love a Cancer. Me too. We're both Taurus, so like. Oh, I love a Taurus. Yeah, the love is strong. Yeah, my sister's a Taurus. Cancers are so like sensitive mm. and just caring and just homebody. Homebody yes. is the oh, best. It's the best. Yeah. All right, so we're rolling. We'll just okay. Oh, perfect. Launch. I will. I loved all that conversation. Yeah, that we can good. use all that. It's all gold. <laughs> but we're here in the beautiful home of Laura Venanti. Could yes. not be more overjoyed to be here. Thank you. Laura, I've loved you for so long. I was just thinking, I remember the first time I ever saw you was like, it might have been while you were in The Sound of Music, oh my but it was um, a reading at the York. Uh, um, <gasps> Summer? Summer, yeah. Oh it's it Wharton adaptation. Yes. Oh. Um, and I just remember, I, like, I knew your name, I think, from, like, headlines about maybe you had already, like, taken over even. Yes, I had, um, yeah. And it was, um, and I, so I knew you were, like, this really talented, like, really young, you know, soprano. And that was all I knew. And, but you came out and you were so beautiful and you were such a good actress and you were just, like, so charismatic and, you know, you were just such a star. And I was like, I'm dying, you know. (laughs) That was such a dark project. Mark Jacoby played my dad who, like, I feel like he R's me in that. Is there, like, a, isn't there a, uh. Maybe. Yeah, I, I feel know, like there's some incest happening. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was so young, too. I was just like, ah! <laughs> yeah, I remember being like, and then there's this part that's really horrible. But yeah, the rest right. of it's amazing. The music's gorgeous. The music's gorgeous. But I do remember... Was Melissa Erica in that? No. No. Did but Oh, but you know what else? Did I also see... Did you do an, like a reading of uh, Anna Karenina where she played... Anne Crumb's part and you played her part or maybe I'm conflating I don't know. people and places. I've done so many I'm readings sure and I'm so old now. <laughs> I, th- I know. I thought about it on the way I was like I'm going to tell her about Summer and then I was like like I don't even remember the readings I've done. I'm so sure Laura I, I do remember that on one though because I remember it being like very dark. Yeah. And yeah. being like wow I'm crying really hard on stage. Well it informed <laughs> how I like thought of you because yeah. I was like she's this like dark soprano <laughs> like this, this emo you know no. like I mean when you said Tori Amos I was like of oh, course this Tori Amos the best um but uh well so we we've already we actually just we interviewed um Michael Jackson who wrote A Strange Loop the other day oh my gosh and he, Tori Amos was his too he, he had um Under the Paint mm-hmm. yep um I mean I think for so many people I mean you guys are a little bit younger than me but that was such a big um I mean, she was big for everybody, but especially I feel like for musical theater people of yeah. our like generation, because yes. Tori's stuff was so performative and so yes. vocal and, and piano complicated based, too. Piano it based, wasn't just or, like grunge yeah. guitar rock. Yes, exactly. It wasn't just like growling and playing the guitar. Yeah. She was like telling a story. She was emotive. Yeah, I can hear that. But what if I'm a mermaid in these jeans of hers with her name still on it? But I Sometimes I hear my voice and it's been here. 
And she, she a trained singer because her voice yeah. is so like um, mixy sometimes. You know? Yeah, I mean, she used to play in piano bars when she was like a kid. Mm. When I she think lived, a super fan played me like tapes of her at a wedding singing like Barbra Streisand yeah. songs and stuff oh, from that era. Yeah. Her dad was like a a preacher. They lived in Virginia, like outside of DC. And then I, this is how much I love her. Um, and she, when she was like a very young person, she was playing at piano bars because she was going mm-hmm. to like a super pre- prestigious music school. Mm-hmm. And they basically like kicked her out for being improvisational and not just sticking to like Bach oh. and, and all of that. Wow. So, yeah. And then she just started like doing her own thing. I just, I love mm. her. I love her. She's the one person that if I met, I think I just would like have not, not met her. I've never met her. I'm surprised. I when I was thinking, I would have expected them to try to get you to do her um, mm-hmm. uh, musical. I would have done that in a heartbeat. But it hasn't been done in New York, though. It has not. Just, no, they yeah. did it in London. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've we've tweeted at each other. Like the day that she tweeted at me, I literally had like a mental breakdown. <laughs> My husband was like, "Are you okay? Are you a grown woman having like a total like a like a true meltdown, like hyperventilating? I couldn't believe that she even like knew who I was." And then um, Laura Haywood went to oh, see yeah. her show mm-hmm. and got her to sign her Broadway Girl NYC Laura Haywood program for me, saying that she wished I was there and it might be in my bedroom. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where it is. A shrine. Yeah. Well, so what was she? You, I mean, were, did you were you into other uh, like pop music and stuff as a kid too, or yeah. was Tori more? I mean, like, I was so I was super into musical theater like all mm-hmm. growing up, and. Then when I got to, like, middle school, I was like, if I want to have any friendships at all, I got to keep this more on the DL. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was very, like, Tori Amos was my my A number one, but I really Mm -hmm. loved the Beatles. Like, I'm super Mm -hmm. into the Beatles. And then, of course, I got into Dave Matthews Band Mm -hmm. because... Of course, of course. You have to. Right, I have to. Um, But I actually genuinely did like them. And then, like, I loved Joni Mitchell. Um, I loved Cat Stevens. Mm -hmm. I loved more of, like, the sort of 70s. Right, Harry Chapin. Harry Chapin. I love Harry Chapin. Anything that's storytelling, I'm, like, pretty into. But um, I was also very into Pearl Jam. I was, like, kind of in love with Eddie Vedder. I had a crush on Eddie Vedder. And so I cut my hair to look like his hair Wow. in high school, where I'm like, that's not the move. We're, you're so were you like cool that. in high school? No. No. How many, how many kids <laughs> no, 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 were like no, no, no. in your class? Like, 89 kids in my oh, graduating so you class. Knew everyone. I knew every single person. Yeah, I was the president of my class, but <gasps> only because nobody else wanted to. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I, I, and I was just like, I need to be doing things at all times. Like, I yeah. really definitely mm-hmm. thrive when I'm doing a lot of things. So I was like, I'll be in the musical and I'll be president of the class and I'll like, I just turned everything into a production. We had to do color day where it was like, everybody wears yellow. And I, and I was like, we're all sons. And we walk into here comes the sun and you're going to (laughs) dance. Everyone was like, calm down. What were your like high school musical roles? So when I was a freshman in high school, I played Golda in Fiddler on the Roof. In my sophomore year, I was um, Fiona in Brigadoon. Okay. And my junior year, I played Dolly Levi (gasps) in Hello, Dolly, but up the octave. No. In the Patrice Menzel key, because I'm a soprano. Oh, so she did that before you. Okay. And then I Was your director, like, super gay and knew about that? No, our director was the science teacher. (laughs) Her name was Doc, and she was awesome. Her I loved her. Yeah. Our science teacher was named Doc. I mean, aren't they all? I guess they That's are. Right. Fair, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we did not have, like, I would not call it a strong 
like arts program. I, 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 I was telling me there's video of your album. Yeah, so of course. Oh my god. Of course there's I'm gonna raise the roof. I'm gonna carry on. <laughs> I mean it's kind of magic. It's like that's but amazing. it's ridiculous. I also I look like a fifty year old woman. Like I really do. Just like bouffant and makeup. And just and also my face. Like I was born yeah. with this face. Like I've yeah. always looked I came right. out like this. Yeah. And Ella, my daughter's the same way. I, I was like, oh my god, it's little Laura. She's like a forty five year old gay man. Like Gorgeous. we both were born that way. <laughs> Um, and, and I feel like now I'm just like growing. People are like, you look so much younger now. I'm like, I'm just growing into myself. I've always looked like this. Yeah. And it was just creepy when I was 11. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but I won the the Paper Mill Playhouse Rising Star Award for that. Wow. And that's how I got into the business because mm-hmm. I won their award. Then they... Um, so you were 17, 18? I was 16. Oh, my God. I was God. 16. And then I sang I Could Have Danced All Night at their like New Year's Eve show. Oh. And then I did... Um, Oh, what was the play? Uh, Jane Eyre, but the play, not the mm-hmm, musical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Anne Hathaway was my understudy. Oh, my wow. God. I know. I that. So funny. And then the next show I did there was um, uh, Man of La Mancha. Mm-hmm. Were you the niece? Or, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And Who, then they... Was, was that... Um, oh, what's her name? Yes. Uh, uh, from Judy. Yeah, Judy, Judy McLean. McLean. Yeah. yeah. She's, mm-hmm. in, she's incredible. Yeah. Um. And then they recommended me for the Sound of, Mu- Sound of Music to audition for Liesl, and I auditioned for mm-hmm. Liesl, and then they cast me as the understudy. And were your parents like, this is all great, but you need to go to school, or, I mean, because you know, your mom's a voice teacher, right? Yeah, and so my, my, both my parents were actors, yeah. and when I was like a year old, they got divorced, I'm yeah. fine. Um, and I'm fine. <laughs> no. Nobody worry. Um, just thousands of dollars worth of therapy. And then my mom remarried my dad, Sal, who's a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. So, like, I watched my dad, Marty Vidnovic, um, growing up. I watched his performances. Um, certainly my mom sang all the time in her studio. Her voice studio was mm-hmm. in our home. So I would, like, sit with her oh. while she would give voice mm. lessons. She started giving me voice lessons super young just because I wanted her to. Mm-hmm. But um, they were very insistent that I not be, like, a professional actor as a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They told me that when I turned 18, I could basically do what I wanted. Yeah. When I was 17, I auditioned for The Sound of Music. And at that point, I'd gotten into NYU. Yeah. And I planned to go there. And then when I got... Um, to, what, like, Cap 21? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I went for two weeks. I didn't go to a you single class. Go. I went for two weeks to, like, the... Whatever it's called. Yeah, the yeah, like Orientation. Orientation. Yeah. Um, like, in the dorms? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you were on Broadway. Yeah. You're like, sorry guys, Broadway calls. I was like, sorry about it. And then every time I was like, I'm going to go back to school. And I got into Columbia and like, I would just get another job. And finally yeah. I was like, I'm just going to, I like this. Yeah. You know, I'm going to well, keep doing when it. when was Swing? I mean, you got nominated for Tony right away. For yeah. Match, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, okay, so just going back a little, because I know it's one of your other albums, My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so was that, I mean, you said you sang... What the Paper Mill Rising Stars Award? They were like the. Were, did they say you can sing whatever you want? I didn't sing it at the award show. They, I won the the award, and then they invited me to sing. Like part of oh, the, that's even more special. Yeah, right? part of the like win was getting to sing at their like New Year's Eve. And were show. they like your soprano? You're singing this, or were they like what would you like to sing? No, I I I Patrick Parker was has been like a huge mentor of mine over there. And he, he knew my dream role was Eliza mm. Doolittle. And mm-hmm. he was like, do you want to sing this? I mean, was that... No, that was after the previous uh, revival, I guess. Because that... No, it was before. Oh, wow. Because... Uh, because... Uh, no, I think it was before. Because I feel like I was a senior in high school when Melissa... Because, I mean, you must have just been like, 
want that part. I mean, you could almost have been. I mean, if you were playing Maria in the sound, I think of music. I was like sixteen. Yeah, well, I think it was like sixteen face. when it was happening. I know, but I looked fifty, so it would have been fine. <laughs> Mrs. Higgins. Oh my god, totally, totally, Mrs. Higgins. <laughs> um, so, I mean, having seen you as Eliza, I can understand. You know, and I could have understood before seeing you how great you were in it, but you're great in lots of roles. What was it specifically about that that was um, such a passion for you? Well, I love a transformation. Like, it's the Mm -hmm. same for me with Gypsy. Mm -hmm. Like, I love someone who's like A to Z and then you have to hit all the letters. Mm -hmm. I just think Mm -hmm. that's so interesting because so often female roles, especially Mm -hmm. in sort of classical musical theater, excuse me, can be very like one dimensional. Mm -hmm. And you end up playing. Certainly when you're like an ingenue, you're sort of limited in terms of your range, what you're allowed to show. And and like pathos is not one of those things. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And so what I love about Eliza Doolittle had always been her... um, her sort of courage, mm-hmm. how smart she is. I yeah. love playing intelligent characters. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and just what she sort of gets to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always something lost and something gained in the, those transformative roles. Mm-hmm. And I sort of love the double-edged sword of that. Mm-hmm. I love showing like the pain of it. But even yeah. if you get what you want, still can be really painful. Mm-hmm. You played that so beautifully. I mean, when I think about My Fair Lady, and I I don't even know the first time I saw it, I definitely grew up with the movie and mm-hmm. just have always known it, but I wouldn't have described it two years ago as Eliza having lost something in the end. Right. And my memories mm-hmm. of it and the way I think of it is only a win, and I yeah. saw so much of that loss in your performance. I mean, Thank it you. was so... Um, I mean, the pathos was a part of the end, too. You know? Yeah. But although what I loved most about your performance was the just kind of musical theater. Comedy. <laughs> well, that, not just the comedy, but like the the oomph, you know. I mean, just the, the way you walked around that house and, you know, even on the street. It's, I mean, it reminds me of Patti LuPone because it's like that, just that kind of owning the ground, you mm. know. It's just that something about in your body. It just, I, I noticed in She Loves Me too, just yeah, the way yeah. you cross the stage. It's just this sort of, it, it's like you're going over there and you're kind of owning the distance between you and that spot before you, you even get there. We're just aware, everyone else on stage is aware of your intended path. <laughs> you know, it's just a force. Um, and, it, you know, it's you. not something that people can probably learn to do as I'm telling you this I'm noticing the Tony Award on top of the TV it's like hey so casual oh it's on top of the piano yeah it's on top of the piano but underneath the TV just with other crap a bobblehead whatever I used Um, to actually drape my husband's like intramural like soccer trophies over it and he was like please don't do that he's like not only is it weird for you it like makes me actually feel terrible about myself that you're like these two things are equal He's like, they're not. (laughs) But that is, I will say that's something that I learned from Patty. I think before I met Patty, I used to apologize for Mm. myself a lot. Mm -hmm. And she beat that out of me. Yeah. In the most loving way. There's this uh, story I've heard you tell in interviews, and it's so fascinating, about when you were first in rehearsals for Gypsy, and you said you were really taken aback by, I think it was Arthur Lawrence, the way he was treating you guys, yeah. and Patty was just so calm and just oh like responded God. with such grace, and you, she taught you that. Can you talk about that? It was unbelievable. He, like, 
So we sat down for our first table. This is for City Center. Yeah, this is for City Center. I I had not known him other than my audition. We sit down for the table read. And I think my first line is like, good morning, or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, good morning. And he goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) I have the first line of the show, and it's just no. And I was like, okay. And then he just rode me so hard. He rode everybody really hard. And where I truly began to crumble Mm -hmm. and like fall apart, she was like, thank you. Oh, that's so interesting. Thank you. Oh, great. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. Like she just showed what it is to be like a collaborative Mm -hmm. woman who is also very confident. But I mean, that's so... I mean, I've known Patty for 20 years. I'm shocked to hear that story. I mean, I think of if anyone remotely infringes upon what she wants to do, her coming down like the, you know, fury of hell. I mean, I... Yeah, but I think she had wanted to play this part for a really long time. Yeah. I think she knew it was like a sort of a tenuous situation. Right, so she knew what she had to do. Yeah, she knew that she had to make this work, and so she was going to make it work. Mm-hmm. And, and she did. It's amazing. I mean, that's not at all what I think of her doing, but it makes sense that that's how these those she's, two personalities. She is got extremely together. collaborative. Look, I I didn't. I do think of her as collaborative. I she's just I don't think yeah. of her as taking crap at all. She, you know, I th- or even minor minor infractions. Yeah, I think it depends on who it's from. Yeah, you know, right, I think in sure. this case it was Arthur Lawrence. He was mm-hmm. like ninety years old. Yeah. He wrote he it. Wrote the book. Yeah, and and he was going to be directing it. And if she wanted to be good in it. She had to like navigate that relationship, mm-hmm. and she so, did it beautifully. I mean, I've heard you both talk about how, and maybe even other people from the production. He had this idea of how Tyne had done it, how Angela yes. had done it, how that, those productions had been, and at a certain point, him giving way to being open to what you guys were bringing to the table, and that being kind of what led to this, you know, really beautiful and originally mm-hmm. authentic, and I that you created. Do. Mm-hmm. What am I trying to ask? Like, do you think on the other side of that, that you still got something good out of his sort of starting off not like that? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, as hurtful as it was, he did sort of break me down in a way Mm. that was kind of helpful for that character Mm. because he brought me to Louise. You know, Mm. I started just so fragile, Mm -hmm. so wanting to be loved and accepted. Mm -hmm. And he brought me to that place in a real way. And I also will say like, so after two weeks I basically quit and I said, I can't do this. You are, you don't want me. You are to him. You Mm -hmm. said that you are cruel to me and I don't need this. I mean, that's big balls. I mean, did you have uh, agents and managers supporting you in that? No, no, I, I just was like, I can't take this anymore. Mm. It wasn't big balls. It was actually like fragility, I think. Yeah. You know, if I had, if, I think if I had been in a different time in my life, I would have just done what Patty did. But it's like, I, did, I couldn't. Had you told her you were quitting? I, you know, I, it's not like I was like, I quit. I was just like, hey, you clearly don't want me. Yeah. So like, let's call it. Mm-hmm. And I went home thinking, well, this is it. And then Patty spoke to Arthur. And was like, Laura is not a person you need to break down. Laura is a person mm. you need to build up. Mm. And she's like, I don't know her very well. Yeah. Because we'd only known each other for two weeks. Mm. She's like, but I can tell you that. Mm. And he called me. And he apologized. He said, I'm, oh. I spoke with Patty and I'm sorry. You know, 
he was like, you know, I see you as like, I don't see myself as this, but he's like, I see you as, you know, very beautiful and successful and young. And, and I assumed you would be sort of cocky. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm, if anything, I'm like extremely insecure. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when you say hurtful things to me, it's hard for me to get back up. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, I am sorry. And from that day forward, He's continued to help me, but he did it in a way that I could hear, and I really mm. appreciated it. It sounds so my fair lady. Yeah, <laughs> I mean honestly, yeah. But you know, to your With earlier Patty as um, what's her name as Mrs. Higgins, as Mrs. Right? Higgins, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But to your early your earlier question, I think basically it's because Patty said yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes, yes to everything he tried. He wanted her to try. And then it still wasn't quite right. Mm. Then he was able to say yes to her. And yeah. once he was able to say yes to her, then he was able to say yes to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But she was the captain of that ship yeah. from day one. Mm-hmm. And we built these authentic relationships off stage, which I think really, my stomach curling, I which I really think informed our onstage relationships. Yeah. Oh, they were so rich. I mean, I mean, I saw the show on Broadway ten times, mm-hmm. and I saw it at City Center three times and I mean and um, that was true always I mean even toward the end of the run Patty seemed like some of her scenes with the groups and everything was it was getting faster and faster and faster sure but always when she was on stage with Ewan Boyd yeah um, and and in her numbers yeah you know she, she was alive and the scenes with you guys really were always I mean in that final dressing room scene yeah it, it it seemed to me as a multiple audience member that that scene was never the same. It was never the same. Mm-hmm. It was I mean, never the same. It was dangerous and mm-hmm. exciting. I could have imagined it going 12 different ways at any second. I mean... And it would. I mean, that's what was really amazing. I, it was like two people who just were like, I trust you. I love yeah. you. Let's let's go. And and it was... It will remain... It makes me want to cry. It will remain, I think, the greatest experience of my life to be on stage with a person that I really genuinely love, mm. like family, like the mm-hmm, way you love family, mm-hmm. you know, and to feel safe in their presence, safe enough to really explore all the damage mm. in this relationship, you know, and it was cathartic in a way, sure, too. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, it's cathartic just to watch. I mean, totally. you know, it was amazing. But, you know, the, for me, I really, you know, when she when she says to me, you know, what did I do it for? And I say, I thought you did it for me, mama. You know, I wanted the audience to feel the loss of Louise. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that like Louise was gone. Yeah. And here was now this like almost Frankenstein creation. Yeah, yeah that's a great mm-hmm. word. And who like is not the permeable wanting little girl that she had been and that that's sad in a way. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? You know, people are always asking me if I'm on Ozempic, and let me tell you, I do not mind them asking me that. But I'm not on Ozempic. They especially ask me that when they see me eating dessert, or desserts, or all the crap I eat when I'm out. But my secret is that when I'm home, when I'm by myself, I'm eating Factor. Factor sends me restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever I am. No prepping, no cooking, no cleanup except for, like, my fork. And now you can enjoy Factor Meals too. 
Go to factormeals.com slash Giants in the Sky 50 and use code Giants in the Sky 50 to get 50% off. That's code Giants in the Sky 50 at factormeals.com slash Giants in the Sky 50 to get 50% off. So I talk about that in my show, actually, Patty Issues, which is right. about, which I swear I don't mention on every episode of this podcast. But, um, uh, but it's about my relationship with my father, who um, is crazy. I was adopted by my stepfather when I was a kid. So my father was a mess and out of the picture, but gay. And so we obviously had, like, a wow. difficult but, you know, uh, intense uh, connection. And um, after not seeing him for 10 years, I ran into him at Gypsy, where he was sitting li- on Broadway, literally in the seat behind me. It's no. so insane. I mean, it's, it sounds so made up, but it really no, happened. No, I believe you. Um, but, I, but it's exactly that moment. I mean, that's the final moment of my show. I talk about, I thought you did it for me, Mama. And, you know, and then um, Gyp- I say, the line in my show is like, Gyp- uh, Gypsy, now a success, starring in her own show, holds her and says, it's okay, Mama, it's yes. okay, Rose. Yeah. I mean, and that's literally my moment with my father, like right. calling him by his name, right. you know? Um, and uh, so, you know, it was, it was so, oh. I, I think that, but I think that experience was shared by, you know, because everyone has yes. that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, but what's, what is it like to go from something where you're literally... I have to get out of this. You don't want me. This is a disaster. Yeah. I'm failing. This, you know, through to this is the greatest theatrical experience. I won a Tony Award. This is a joy and a triumph. These people are my family. I mean, that's such a huge It was, it was a really distance. big leap. Well, it took, you know, I think it took all parties sort of agreeing on what is meaningful mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. And for me to say, like, I can't handle the way you talk to me. And for him to say, okay, he could have been like, go fuck yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and was it really just like, does it turn on a dime? I it mean, did, is it, yes. after that, and it's he, a good experience? Mm-hmm. Yes. He could be very cruel to people, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I, I remained very close with him through to the end of his life. Yeah. But he and I would have really big arguments yeah. mm-hmm. about the way he would speak to other people. Oh, interesting. In, um, in during Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One in particular, a cast member's mother died, and she did the show that night. Wow. And then he came in the next day and, like, reamed her out for how out of it she seemed <gasps> on stage. And I was like, stop. No. Go away. You don't get to talk to her like that right now. Wow. Um, and... Well, that's incredible that you were not only empowered enough to do your work and get through your path, but Mm -hmm. that you could even be protective and and I've always been better at that with other people. Mm -hmm. I'm always better at being a champion for others than for myself. It's like Mm -hmm. my lifelong journey and boundaries Mm -hmm. and things that I'm working on. Well, now you're a mom, though. Now you have a relationship (laughs) where that's appropriate. Totally. (laughs) Totally. But yeah, so like, and he and I, we would, he would sometimes say things to me. And he'd be like, well, you know, I love you. And I'd be like, yeah, but I, I, I would hate to hear how you speak to someone you don't love. Yeah. Because yeah. that was just horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he knew it. It's like he, he knew that he had this cruel side mm-hmm. to him. And it's like he didn't love it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had, our relationship was, I, I loved him. But I also saw him for who he was. Mm-hmm. But that, I guess that relationship in your life would be more unique than in his. I mean, to say that 
it, I think probably anyone that was in his life had yeah. some way of yes. getting through that, yes. that he's famously crusty or yes. whatever you want to call it. Well, I him. feel like that whole generation, like, of of men in mm-hmm. power at that time sure. were all cruel. They right. were cruel to the actors. They were cruel mm-hmm. to the dancers, to each other. There was this, like... Right, you hear about Jerome Robbins. Yeah, and, I mean, I think that's and, how they all were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Have, have you found, I mean, um, that that's the exception to the rule in terms of people you've worked with and that being a woman, um, especially as a leading lady now, you know, in this business. I mean, we're hearing so much of this, like, alleged, um, supposedly that New York Times story that was going to come out about all the sexual harassment, yeah. but somebody's lawyer, you know, crushed it. But, yeah. um, you know, but necessar- not necessarily getting into, you know, details or names, but do, do you find that in general you've had a, a good experience of being in that, in, yeah. in that dynamic? Yeah. I mean, look, I definitely had my fair share of like older men in power mm-hmm. propositioning me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that I, as a young person, didn't think, oh, right. Okay. Well, this is what happens. Yeah. You know, I wish that there had been a sense of like, no, what, mm-hmm. why would you say that to me? And now you're in trouble instead of like, oh, this is just part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that was the time, yeah. you know, it, I, I've been in this business since I was, 17 years yeah. old. So, um, you know, 1997 was a different yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and so I would say in every show that I've been in, there's been one or two instances where I felt very uncomfortable mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. had to set a boundary, which I'm uncomfortable yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Or when I was much younger, just kind of go along with it because yeah. I felt like I didn't know... I didn't know that I could say no. Right. I, I'm not saying like, you know, sexually, but like, right, I, but sure. just in terms of an uncomfortable dynamic, yeah. I didn't know that I could mm-hmm. say like, don't say that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I couldn't tell you if it's getting better. I'm getting older. So I'm sure that it's like, um, I think that men in power tend to um, seek out younger women, mm-hmm, A, because mm-hmm. they're very beautiful, wow. and B, because they don't know better. You're mm-hmm. the most beautiful woman in the world. What? But maybe but maybe it is, no, but they like, won't attack someone who is more established. and Yes, know. and who has, you know, has more experience. Right. So. Now, I heard a funny quote from you the other day. Was I reading an interview where you were like, I'm this... Um, uh, but for a small group of people, I'm the most famous person in the world, and then I'm in L.A., and nobody knows who oh, I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just funny that, like, growing up, I you know, I never wanted to be famous. I, like, mm. wanted to be on Broadway. Yeah. And I thought mm. I would work my whole life to get to that. Mm. And instead, it was, like, handed to me, yeah. like, the luckiest girl in the world when I was 18. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, so I'm not... So being Broadway famous is different than being yeah. mm-hmm. TV or film famous. Mm-hmm. So it is really funny to me that to some people, they are like, you have changed my life. Yeah, I love right. you yeah. so much. Yeah. And then I literally, right after I won the Tony, I had um, a, like a general meeting with a producer and she was like, so you live in New York. Do you do plays? Uh. <laughs> and I was like, 
Oh my God, Blaze. this was set up by my agents. Like you didn't even yeah, bother yeah. to Google? Like what is wrong with you? Yeah. So, but in a way, I wouldn't be a good like super famous person. I'm too sensitive. Mm. I really enjoy my autonomy. Like I really love being able to walk down the street and maybe have one or two people be like, I love you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and be like, thank you and keep moving. Yeah, yeah. The idea of like walking into some place and not being able to function and having like my child mm-hmm. have her yeah. life altered yeah. just feels really not mm-hmm. what my personality can right. handle. Right. But still, I think that, you know, you're good on screen and, you know, you keep getting cast in these things and, yeah. you know, in the throwing the dice craps game of Hollywood, it's just a matter of time until, you know, you have something that is a, a long running show or a big movie yeah. or something. I mean, who knows? I, you know, I, I definitely, um, have, I'm putting my attention more toward like TV and film right now, mm-hmm. just because I, you know, I love Broadway and I will always come back to it. Sure. Um, but I do want to sort of stretch my muscles in, yeah. a, in mm-hmm. a different way. Well, we want you to, you know, be a big hit there and bring it back Thanks. and have a bigger, you know, I mean, and yeah. you've, you've done a lot of theater. I mean, you know, sometimes I was thinking about like, um, Sara Ramirez the other day, who's so fabulous on Broadway. I, I mean, just such a huge talent and then just disappeared. I know. You know, and has never come back. I mean, I I'm sure there are things that she would want to do, you know, that haven't oh, yeah. happened. Um, but, uh, you know, we've gotten, we've gotten as, as much Laura Benanti as, as we paid for. So yeah, can, there, there's, <laughs> I've been around a lot. So I feel like, you know, I did this movie with Michael Keaton. I'm doing a movie now with Billy Crystal. Oh, great. I, Tommy Ooh. Kale and I have a project that we're working on together, a television project that we're going out to oh, pitch. Is this the thing with Rachel Shuker? Yes. Yes. Nice. That sounds, can, you can't talk about that. Probably Well, not. it sounded very cool and very theatrical. I'm really excited yes. about it. Yeah. So it like combines all my loves, which yes. is great. Love it. Love it. Um, so, you know, I'm really And that's trying. the project that you are one of the creative forces behind as well. Yes. How did that, is that your first time doing that? Yeah, I mean, I have definitely over the past, like, however many years, tried to, like, create more, like, even silly little, like, online funny videos and, like, hosting mm-hmm. the drama desks and writing them. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm trying sure. to, like... Well, it's pro- been a, it seems like it's been a very natural progression for you that's come kind of organically out of what yeah. you're doing. And, like, my cabaret shows, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't have a director, I don't have a writer, I do all that with Todd Almond, my mm-hmm. musical collaborator. He's brilliant, yeah. He is brilliant. So I'm just trying to, as I get older, you know, create my own stuff more mm-hmm. instead of just sort of waiting for someone to bring me the perfect. Right. Thing. I mean, it's yeah. when, we, when we talk so much on this podcast about the divas and you know artists that we've um, in, that have inspired us, and you know, for I know for a lot of us, it's like these big ones are like Barbara Streisand and Ben yeah. Midler and Liza Minnelli, and so often when I think about the tragedy of Liza, is that she didn't do that. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and Barbara. Yeah has gotten a lot of shit for it and, you know, some of her choices. <laughs> Questionable. But, but she's been a, a creative force in a time when women, you know, yes. were not given mm-hmm. that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And Bette Midler, you know, is a powerhouse who Obsessed made so much happen and made yes. so much money, you know. Yes. And Liza lives in a condo, you know. She didn't, for all her great uh, artistic Same. triumph yeah. and, you know, she didn't, step behind the scenes in that way mm-hmm. yeah. and she didn't have a um she wasn't at the steering wheel in her yeah. Own career yeah. and yeah and she didn't you know and that hurt her financially and creatively and you know she's in a very different place than those other women are mm-hmm. that at one point were ex- exactly her yeah peers, oh, yeah. 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 peers. 
Yeah, it's, you know, I think in a weird way, it's like going back to the high school part of me that I was telling you about where I was like, everybody's, you know, a son and we're like making everything a production. That's always been a part of who I am. But at some point I learned that like good and nice girls don't do that Mm. Mm. and they just follow rules. And I Mm. do think that that is one place where musical theater is a little backwards. Yeah. Um, in that it's like, it's like insta performance. You're supposed to like be off book and there's no room for like Mm -hmm. failure, which is really where you learn the most stuff is like when something doesn't work. Um, and so sort of allowing myself moments to fail, allowing myself to try things, you know, to do straight plays, to do television, to do film and to like, and to create my own stuff. It's like, it's scary, Mm -hmm. but I want to put myself out there in Mm -hmm. that way because I think that's actually who I am. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also not only can you give us more of who you are that way, but the more the creative other people see who you are, the more they can do things that serve that. I mean, yeah. you know, I think sometimes with like Tina Fey movies, I won't even remember which ones she actually wrote or which ones she was just cast in because right. she's created a sense for us of what she brings. Exactly. And other people can then fill in some of the blanks. Yeah. And weirdly, I, because I'm having such like a complicated relationship with social media right now, but I, mean, I do credit aren't we all? Twitter with yes, that. Yes, for sure. Because mm. people thought of me, like you did, as like a sort of emo soprano, when really... Until that. Until they were like, yes. who is this very totally. funny person? No, and, I mean, I remember you doing videos for Theater Mania. Yeah. Or, was it Theater Mania? Theater Mania. Yeah, and they were hilarious. Right. And I was like... Who created this for her? And I, I think Jamie McGonigal said, oh, no, Laura's doing all that. And I was like, okay, yeah. hey, Laura. Mm-hmm. I mean, my friend Ashley Van Buren, who was working there at the time, she and I collaborated on those things. But yeah. like, we wrote that. I don't know if you saw that um, feminism video, shampoo video that yes. I wrote for Connie yes. Britton. So, yes. like, we wrote it, and I directed it, and, like, just trying to do more things like that. It's well, so, so important. I mean, I, I, it's wonderful for Ella to have a mother who does that because yeah. it's such a – it's such a natural thing that is modeled for men that we don't even, exactly. we take it for granted. Of course a guy can do that. If a guy wants to start writing or directing or producing, it's yeah, like good for him. It's yeah. not breaking through any mm-hmm. um, imposed barrier. Right. Well, it seems like, you know, going back to the high school thing about you saying, well, no one else is going to do it, so I guess I'll be president. Yeah. You know, I'm uh, choreographing this, you know, we're all dressed as sons. It sounds right. like you have such a director's eye. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's such, like, speaking of Barbara Streisand, it's like you have such an interesting point of view and you're so smart. Thank you. And and I think that's so, that speaks so much to your character and, and your wisdom even you know, you got into the business in a big way when you were 17, you know, and you were able, you're, you know, you have reached a point now where you're like, it's okay to fail. And it would have been so easy just to not do that and to be swept up in it. And, you know, talking about that in musical theater, the the no room for fail, even beyond necessarily like the gender thing. Like I was thinking about another show you were incredible in Women on the Verge of Nurse Breakdown. Oh, of course. It's me again. Why aren't you picking up the phone? It's like my brain is going to melt if I don't talk to you. I've got a problem in the shower and I've only got a minute. Cause the problem in the shower is this guy that I've been dating, named Malik. He's what's the word? Swarthy, like a desert chic. And he's been here in my apartment for about a week. I met him down the Cafe Sombra and I know you think I'm overly romantic, but you wouldn't believe the connection we had. Like immediately I was ready for him to meet my mom. Like I could feel my heart exploding like some kind of bomb. Which is ironic because actually I think he literally has some kind of... Anyway, Grandpa, happy birthday. Say hello to Grandma and be sure and think, oh, that was him. Do you think in a different process, not 
a Broadway theater. Yes. That show, you know, if it had been a regional, yes. you know, somewhere safer, could have gone the distance. Absolutely. I mean, ooh, um, you know, we <laughs> we had very little time to put it together. I think the show that Be- Be- Ben Brantley saw was the second time we'd ever done it that way. Right. So we froze oh. the show on a Saturday matinee and he came and saw the Saturday night. Yeah. No, That's no, never going to no. be good. Right. You know, and especially when you're talking about something like Pedro Almodovar, which is yeah. like the tone is so specific, yeah, specific to yeah. try to bring that to stage and to an American audience. I just wish we had gone out of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do. I think it, cause people who saw like the show in the beginning and then saw it at the end were like, this feels like a completely different show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so, yeah, I think that I get it. There's a lot of money at stake. Yeah. And for the audience, too, Broadway is so prohibitively expensive. Mm-hmm. If you're going to spend your money to see something, you want it to be something that you know you're going to have a good time, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it really is so, it's such, it's so problematic. It really is. That. It's theater I mean, for a rich audience. Yeah. And, and they're not the best uh, arbiters the, of the, taste. The, the rich people in our country should not <laughs> be in charge of anything. Taste. Yeah. Um, Okay, another thing creative that you've done um, that I'm interested in how it got started is playing Melania Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking mm-hmm. of the evil rich people in our country. I know. Um, how did that come about? So I was on Stephen's show just promoting She Loves Me, and yeah. he like put up a picture of me and a picture of her and pointed out our funny. resemblance, oh, so which like I still actually don't really see. Um, unless I'm making the face. Right. But, well, the face um, starts to so right. <laughs> And so then I sort of made the face, and then that was it. And then, like, months later, it was the Republican National Convention, mm-hmm. and she did her famously plagiarized Michelle Obama speech, right. and I woke up to, like, a flurry of emails and phone calls from Colbert Show being like, do you want to put together an impression? Oh, And yes. I was actually five hours away at my grandma's house in Delaware. Wow. I'd just gotten there the night before. Oh, I literally, God. like, got there at, like, midnight, went to sleep, woke up at 7, and was like, what? Um, and then went all, drove back five hours to oh, New York. And it was live. So it was a live oh, show. Wow. So we were like, it's not even, like, if it doesn't play, we can cut it. Um, and then it ended up being this, like, very zeitgeisty sort of viral sensation Mm, yeah um and it's like it's a double-edged sword for sure where on one hand i'm like oh i feel like it was finally the thing that made people go she is a comedian yeah yeah um but also now i'm people refer to me as like melania trump impersonator and i'm like oh man (laughs) that is just like a tiny (laughs) fraction of like what i'm capable Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. so i'm so grateful for it i love doing it it's really fun but I also like don't want that to be the first line of my obituary. Yes. Well, I I do not expect that to be the case. Um, uh, that's so funny. What What about um, Stephen Colbert? Like he's somebody that has a little bit of a Broadway um, mm-hmm. bent to him. He's amazing. Like, do you um, do you could you see him like stepping into like actually like do a musical? Yeah, I mean, didn't he do one at City he did, Center? He did yeah. company, company at, at, um, at Philharmonic with Patty. Right. Um, but, um, but you know, that was like a week. Yeah. Two weeks mm-hmm. of rehearsal. I mean, he's certainly, he's so busy right now. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But I don't know. I mean, he he's so multifaceted yeah. that I think anything he wanted to do, honestly, he could do. For he's, sure. He's yeah. He came to see My Fair Lady. And he was could not be more generous. He was like crying. Oh. And he was like, I can't believe I get to do anything with you. It was really, really nice. He's yeah, a very so generous sweet. person. He's a very kind man mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. smart. Mm. Oh my God, he's so smart. Yeah, he is smart. I love being in the room with people like that. 
So going back to like then my fair lady and, and yeah. your musical influences, like what for you is the overlap besides mm-hmm. just you of Tori Amos and my fair lady? Like I mean, you know, because I hear those things both in your voice. Thank you. Know? you. Um, but do do you find a middle ground or is it just kind of like a subliminal osmosis kind of thing? In in my singing voice. Yeah, well, or even just music for you, even as a fan, like do, oh. you know, do where, where's the where do you connect? Or what, what is it in common with those things? I don't really know what I'm asking. I, I feel like it's the heart in the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Tori almost has her heart in her voice. Yeah. When you're gonna make up your mind Cause things are gonna change so fast All the white horses are still in bed You know, Brandy Carlisle has her heart in her mm-hmm. voice. I climbed across the mountain tops, swam all across the ocean blue. I crossed over land and I broke all rules. And baby, I broke them all for you. Oh, because even when I was flat broke. Anybody who's really like giving me their soul through their singing, I'm into whatever genre it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Lizzo. has her heart in her yeah, voice. Yeah. So I'm not so much into like, I'm not a genre snob really, yeah, mm-hmm. but for me, like if I hear like super auto-tuned or somebody who's just like slick Too perfect. production, yeah. I'm not interested in it. You yeah. know, I want something that feels like art. I want mm-hmm. something that feels mm-hmm. like someone's like laying their soul out for me. Yeah. Well, you, know? you mentioned Joni Mitchell earlier and yeah. you know, I love... Joni and I love all eras of Joni. You know, she starts out with that pure kind of like crystalline soprano voice. I've looked at clouds from both sides now, gone up and down, and still somehow it's cloud illusions. I recall, I really don't know clouds. But then, like, I also just as much love, like, her most recent stuff, which Me is, like, too. just, like, a smoker's cough, know. you know? It's yeah. just, totally. like, yeah. it's just, like, this, um, this weathered voice, but it just tells so much story, and it just, Talk you know, about like, A to Z. Yeah, yeah, totally. It shows the journey, and I'm, like, I eat it up. Me like, that, that later version of both sides. Oh, I was oh, just thinking yeah. that! Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, my God, it's... 
so good. I recall I really don't know life at all Which, you know, both sides now is is so... It's a perfect song for that. Louise, yeah. you yeah. know, it's like everything we've been talking I about. I sing that in my a, concert. Oh, yeah, so love it. Perfect. So do, are you are you looking to do more of that kind of work? Do you do, do I you, do concerts all over the country. Actually Oh, do you do like symphony kind of things? Yeah, I do or? symphonies, but Todd Almond and I go with our show oh, all over wonderful. the place. Yeah. Uh, we have two shows. We had one called In Constant Search of the Right Kind of Attention. That's, that's the album. That's the album. Mm-hmm. And now we have one called um, Tales from Soprano Isle. Oh, I've got to see been that doing. one. Have you done that one in town yet? We've done it for like two years. Oh, yeah. I, now we have I to been? do a new one. We did one at the Carlisle when I was pregnant. That's where we debuted oh, it. Um, nice. And it's my favorite show that we've done mm-hmm. for sure. But now um, we're actually talking about doing something maybe a little bit more scripted right. um, mm-hmm. for our next one that feels a little bit more like a show. Sure, yeah. It would be um, great to see you do something like that. Yeah, so we're we're in like the phases. The, the did he do Sherry Renee Scott's show? He did. He did. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and the one with Norbert as oh, well. Oh, I didn't see that one. I heard it was incredible. Yeah. They, they like sold out like two months if it mm-hmm. were below. Yeah. That. What what are there shows like that that have been especially meaningful to you? Cabaret shows or solo pieces like that? Um, you know, I love Patty's show. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. I haven't. I, Cheetah Rivera has an incredible yeah. show. Um, Did you see any of that like stuff when you were when you were just starting out? I didn't. Like, I didn't because I was always working. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like literally always working. So, like, did you ever, did you ever get to see Elaine Stritch? Mm, no, I did a reading with her when you I was did. twenty. Of um, of uh, what's it called? So the royal family. Yes. Oh, this and Bill Finn adaptation of the yes. Heartbreak. And I have a thing where if I see blood, I faint. And I walked oh in, God. and she was checking her glucose, and I passed oh, out. No. That's oh how God. I met her. That's oh my God. She was so pissed. I'm sure. It was. She terrified me. Yeah, I was she's so scary. scared of her. Scary. <laughs> That's, That's so, so funny. funny. Um, I was like, nice. Uh, and I remember waking up and Jerry Zach's just looking at me like. It's over. She's going to hate you now. I've been so curious about that show all these years. And I know. It was so good. Happened. Was it good? It was so good. I think it was a rights issue. Do you guys and Carly Carmelo? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Brian Batt. Yeah. Mm. Wow, Brian Batt. Amazing. I love Brian Batt. Um, well, this is a good uh, transition. transition yes. We play game. a game with our guests. Okay. Um, uh, which is a variation on Mary Fuck Kill. Okay. But it's Dolly Concert Kill. Okay. So we'll give you three performers. Um, and you can choose one of them to see as Dolly Levi, oh, okay. one of them to see in concert, okay. and one to kill. Oh, okay. Um, so should we do Julie mm-hmm. Andrews, Patty, Patty Lepone, and Elaine Stretch? Yeah. Well, I kill Elaine Stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I watch um, Patty... Do Dolly, yeah, uh-huh. and then it. I watch Julie, Julie Andrews yeah. in the concert. Did you ever Perfect. see Julie do anything? No. Mm-mm. So before you came here, 
Ella likes to scroll through all the Elizas and listen to all of them. She's oh, like, so she's funny. like, I want to hear mommy singing Loverly. And then I put it on and she's like, now Julie Andrews? <laughs> and I put on Julie Andrews and she's like, now Audrey Hepburn. And I'm like, you mean Marnie Nixon? <laughs> <laughs> and then she, and she goes, that is Julie Andrews. And I'm like, well, no, it's Marnie Nixon. <laughs> but she's two, so I'll, like, I'll let it slide. But, but Pat was like, who's your favorite singer? And sort of begrudgingly, she was like, mom. Aww. I know. I know. But that's so good. You're raising her right with Marnie Nixon. Yeah. I, I didn't mean, know about that until college. Yeah. I mean, I knew about it because my mom. But like, yeah. it's just so funny to me. Like, I don't push this on her. I try to put on like kids music, like Raffi mm, or yeah. whatever. She's, I'll put on pop music and she's like, no, Echo, off. <laughs> <laughs> she hates it. She only wants to listen. Echo, yeah, off. yeah. And That's then today, amazing. Echo kept playing something, and she was like, "You need to listen to me." Yeah. Oh my it. god, I love her. I love she's her. She's so funny. Um, well, that's incredible. I'm sure she's going to be a force. Whatever, she already whatever is, she man. gets involved in, look out. Oh. And uh, you're a force. And thank you so much for thank being you here. Thank you guys. So I much. love you guys. Thank you. This is so much fun. This was fun. Thanks for listening to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. <laughs> Come back next week for four-time Tony-winning lighting designer Kevin Adams here to talk about the Jesus Christ Superstar soundtrack. Other upcoming guests include America's coast-to-coast Dolly Levi Broadway superstar Carolee Carmelo and our special Winter in a Summertown mini-season featuring the most fabulous talents from Provincetown and Fire Island, including Faith Prince, Pixie Aventura, and Varla Jean Merman. Oh, This episode was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Special thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Rimmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Because Nolan with an A is an ass. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.